0: Hello there, welcome. This is a special edition of To A Certain Degree called Odd Numbers. Every other Monday, my guest and I choose a theme, we play some music, and we chat. Do we always stay on topic? Not quite, but it's always a fun talk, and I think you'll like it. The topic for this episode is building community, and my guest is Bess Auer. Bess started Florida BlogCon back in 2011 with the goal of creating a place where up and coming bloggers social media influencers and others could get together connect and discuss best practices the event has grown and now includes professionals with thousands of followers but the same goal building each other up for more on this episode please visit toascertaindegree.com. and now on with the show Grizzly Bear on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. Good morning. My name is Nick. Every week I have the honor and the privilege of coming in here to WPRK and speaking to a very special guest. This week is no exception. A returning guest, a returning DJ on WPRK and a community builder in her own right. Bess Hour is here. Good morning, Bess.
1: Did you mention Grizzly Bear?
0: Yeah, that was the name of the band.
1: I was a little worried that you saw something on the way to the station that I did not.
0: No, no. There are no grizzly bears roaming around Winter Park. That was a song called Southern Point from Grizzly Bear from their album, Vecatimist. Vecatimist? I'm not sure how to pronounce that.
1: One or the other, tomato, tomato.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think is how the grizzly bears call it, tomato or tomato.
1: There we go. Well, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, well, thank. Uh, I appreciate you being here, getting up early. I know that you don't set an alarm, so that's, uh, <laughs> that's a tough one for you. But uh, we have a few things to talk about. You have a big event coming up in September, and so I wanted to have you back so we could talk a little bit about Florida BlogCon. But, but this is the odd numbers version of To a Certain Degree. This is episode 23.
1: And this is the odd number FFL BlogCon, number 9.
0: And number 9. So see, it all is coming together. I'm merging my hands together as if people on the radio can see that. But the idea was for this one is to have a theme. And so we were discussing it and we were thinking about building community, community builders. And I think that means something different to a lot of people. There's a lot of different definitions, I should say.
1: And there's a lot of different ways to do it.
0: Yeah. And so when you think about building community, you are thinking about or maybe one of the things you're thinking about because you're so involved in the blogging community and what you do there and with Florida BlogCon is you're thinking about a community of followers maybe? How would you define it exactly?
1: Well, so uh, I come from, of course, that blogging and social media background and there's a lot of talk about building your tribe, yeah, and that can mean followers supporters sometimes it means customers if they if you sell a product or a service mm-hmm. and really a, a group of raving fans that just absolutely love what you
0: do and so i think we throw around the term brand a lot in there as well so they're following your brand or you're building your brand but it's it's more than that right
1: yeah it is more than that so uh everybody talks about building your personal brand. So a lot of bloggers blog for themselves rather Mm -hmm. than for a company. Um, But, you know, we have have small businesses there. We have people that are trying to launch a business. They want to know how to get customers and how to get clients. But we are looking for not just people to follow you. We're looking for people to engage with you, to actually love what you're doing and become a part of really whatever your small community is. If you're a vegan food blogger, And where are all the vegans at? Where are all the vegetarians at? Not only that, we want to engage with you, follow along, contribute to your community, Mm -hmm. not just be a silent member.
0: Well, and that is essential to build. It's sort of this, um, you know, Ouroboros kind of snake feeding on itself, (laughs) where if you don't have, you can have all the followers in the world, but if they're not engaging, you are not going to get any help from the algorithms that are out there whether that's Google or Facebook or Instagram.
1: Yeah, and you're talking about this digital algorithm. So uh, for your listeners that aren't aware, Mm -hmm. when you go to Facebook and your feed pops up, generally it's the companies or organizations or people that you most interact with. So I may have liked to a certain degree on Facebook, actual page, but if I've never commented on their post or have never liked their post or or done an angry face about one of your posts. Just kidding. but uh,
0: <laughs> No, I get that a fair amount.
1: <laughs> if uh, if I've never engaged with you, then I will stop seeing your posts. Yeah. So that that's what you mean by that algorithm. Right. So you want to have engaged members. That way people are seeing your things because you can scream and shout all you want, but if nobody's there to hear it, did you really say anything?
0: Yeah. It's funny because it's not exactly altruistic, but it does kind of force you to create good content, right?
1: It does. And really, that's kind of the, you know, hate or love Facebook. That is kind of one of the genius things about it. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they stay in their mission that they want, uh, I don't know if they say it exactly, but they want good content out yeah. there. They want things that are positive Engaging for. And, and, and yeah. let's face it, Facebook has a community. We are part of the, if you're on Facebook, you're part of their community. Mm-hmm. And we all kind of self-regulate what's on there by showing what we like and what we dislike and reporting the things that we don't think are appropriate. So we help contribute to what we see on Facebook.
0: So you mentioned a vegan blogger and building a tribe there. Can you go into an example? I think somebody who might be speaking at Florida Blog Yeah,
1: Well, she's not not speaking this year. She has spoken before. So uh, Jen Ross is uh, one of my favorite examples for building community because I've just been, so blown away. So I met Jen several years ago at a a black bloggers meetup. And it was a community of of African American black bloggers that I had the privilege of going and, and joining and being with. And the idea was to get that community engaged. And I got to meet her and we were paired up with somebody. And Jen was my partner that I was paired up with. I'd never met her before. And she's this bubbly personality. And at that time, she was creating uh, cooking videos. And she had a food blog, Day Jen Eats. And we were assigned an accountability partner. And I was her accountability partner. And we had to check in with each other. And so I got to know her that way. And she had these really amazing goals. She wanted her own restaurant. Maybe. She went back and forth. She's like, I do, but I don't. I don't know if I want to. And really, she just needed the confidence, right? Yeah. yeah. So I have watched her grow from having this community. And first of all, if you're vegan, you are part of this amazing community. I'm not vegan. But boy, they are rabid with their following. They love to engage, share what restaurants are vegan. They will travel to support other people that are vegan. Mm -hmm. So it's really kind of this Engage community to begin with and Jen was part of that community and she started building that community her following her tribe through her food blog and by doing these demos and these cooking videos and then she started doing in-person cooking dem- demos and she would go to like student organizations to do a cooking demo so she built this community all through this outreach by her giving to this vegan community. And they really enjoyed. They loved their food. They loved what they saw. So then she went into. Bess. I think I'm going to open a restaurant. Oh my gosh. It was so exciting. And then she told me where. Now for listeners. This is pretty much a local show. If you're listening in Orlando. You're probably familiar with OBT. Mm-hmm. You probably don't think. Vegan food when you think of OBT.
0: I think you have a particular idea in your head. You immediately (laughs) think of something. You have certain biases. You do. And some of the best restaurants are located in that area. But, you know, I I was driving down the other day and I'm like, I'm not sure that I would stop.
1: And that was my thought exactly. And she then went a step further and she said, Bess, it's going to be in a gas station. I'm like, you mean an abandoned gas station? No, in an active gas station. I thought, oh my gosh, Jen, this is never going to work. I was a naysayer. And uh, that is, if you've ever tried to build a community, there are naysayers in your community. Sure. There are people well, that say it's not going to work.
0: And here's, hopefully, this is, was interesting to me. I was reading an article the other day from what is what used to be Gawker Media has been bought out a couple mm-hmm. of times. Yeah. They own a number of different uh, blogs and they they create some content that you could look at and say this is controversial or not whatever you think about it, but they actually had one of their reporters go in and talk about the most recent ownership change and what that brought to the organization, like really report and be critical on the actual, uh, the new owners. And I was so refreshed by that because it's really hard to get people to give you an honest, Interpretation of what you're doing.
1: Well, even even naysayers won't always give you an honest. They're right. just giving their opinion, and it may be valid or not. Right. You know what? What's the the Kipling if poem? Um, if you can doubt yourself, now if you can trust yourself when others doubt you, but yeah. make allowance for their doubting too. Right. You exactly. know exactly. So, you, but Jen, you know, she took my input. I'm like Jen, that is a drive-by. I don't think anybody's going to talk. And she gave her reason. She said, Best. I want to serve an undervalued community, an underserved community, and they deserve great food too. I said, okay, go for it, and she did, and it was amazing. She opened up this amazing little restaurant. We used the hashtag vegan gas, and not only did her vegan tribe, her community that she'd spent a few years building online travel to obt Mm -hmm. to support her in her new endeavor but the community right there around her the one that she said i want to serve also embraced her so it was wildly successful in fact it was so successful that she outgrew that little restaurant and then she said you know what i think i want to move to eatonville there's a great space there it's like three times the size and again i want to serve a community that may not have had access to a close by vegan restaurant This time, I trusted her, and I was no longer a Sarah, I said, (laughs) I think it's a fabulous idea. And she just celebrated her one-year anniversary yesterday with a huge party in Eatonville. But again, it took her a couple years of building that community online and giving to them with recipes, with cooking demos, supporting them to then gain that support back.
0: I think what you'll see is in a lot of cases, it's almost like going out and testing a concept first seeing if the community is there and they value this and then taking that next step and going to the gas station and then going to the next restaurant and then, Hopefully yeah. let's see what she does uh, next.
1: Oh well, you know, I, I think she might I, I'm encouraging her. I, I believe a spot just came up open next to her, the restaurant or not the, the restaurant, the space next door to her. So I'm I'm encouraging to to expand. I think she's actually outgrown where she is right now. So
0: it's that busy. Oh, yeah. she's
1: just amazing. Smart business mind and uh, serving a community that she is passionate about and they have embraced her. So she has done a successful job of building not only online, mm-hmm. but a community Offline in real life.
0: Well, that's great. So, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, sort of somebody who served an underserved community as Mm -hmm. well, actually. So, that's a good segue. Uh, Jose Hanao, some people might know the Hanao Contemporary Center. It's on Edgewater, a little bit north of Lee Road.
1: And Hanao is H E N A O?
0: That is correct.
1: Will Hanao?
0: I don't know. Maybe. might be his dad. Brother or dad? Brother, something.
1: We're not related at all.
0: Jose, if you're listening, please call in and let us know if <laughs> Will is related to you whatsoever. Jose was on the show Brown uh, this time last year, and it was a really good interview. And his story goes, he went, he graduated from high school here in town, didn't know what he was going to do, actually. Um, and I joked about this, but he totaled his mom's car. He got into an accident. And, I, and then he joined the military. I was like, well, did you do that to escape your mom? Because she was mad at you. <laughs> but it was, no, it was more along the lines of, you know, it was, he, he couldn't find a direction. And so instead of just being aimless, he went into the military. But he always wanted to return and do something with the arts. So he came back, finished his degree, went to Valencia, went to UCF, finished his degree in studio art. And always had this idea, talked to other people about it, about starting a gallery somewhere. And so at first it might've been over by UCF and they looked at space, but everything always kept falling through. So his family does some work around town on some property and they had this property on Edgewater, just north of Lee road. It was recently, I think either a thrift shop or a tattoo parlor, maybe even both. And it needed to be restored. It needed to had some work done so that they could either rent it out again or sell it. And Jose went in there. And I think if I remember this story correctly, he had somebody come in and polish the the cement floors mm-hmm. and after that he looked around and went oh this could be a gallery and so he's looking around going okay here's an underserved community here's an area of town that doesn't get arts that doesn't get necessarily like have something that they can go to on a day-to-day basis and so he opened it up he said to his family you know as long as this is making money as long as this is doing well, let's. Uh, well, can we keep it open? And they said yes. So he named it after his family. It's nice. The Hanal Community Contemporary Center, I should say. And what happened was there was this sort of shift in it around. Uh, I think during the first year, it was a very big art space and a very small performance space. Uh, in fact, the performance space wasn't even supposed to be there. It was supposed to be more of a, uh, you know, secondary gallery or maybe right. even storage. And it turned out what the community wanted and needed. Um, and by underrepresented, I also mean the, the community there, but also a younger community here in town that was looking for a space to house smaller performances right. at a cheaper rental Not rate. Not everybody
1: can rent out the Bob right. Carr or the Phillips. Or even Dr. Pub, Phillips. yeah. Yep.
0: Um, and so that's what ended up happening where he reversed it out and now it's big performance space, small art gallery, But, you know, still the ability to do a multiple, you know, a spectrum of different types of uh, shows and stuff there. So if you haven't been... I have not. um, Really, he's built this community through this space. And so while he he will be the first to admit he's, you know, not necessarily great at social media, um, he has some people working for him and helping him with that. It's really been about the events and it's really... A little bit of a best-kept secret here in town, I feel like.
1: Oh, that's amazing. And it sounds like the community told him what they needed.
0: A bit, yeah. So I think listening, it's funny you brought up the naysayers, but it's also listening to your audience and saying, you know, I, I don't know if Jen from DeGen was going around and cooking something in particular and people said, oh, what about this? Or, oh, I really like, you know, they really were all about this instead. Um, so it is about listening to your audience a little bit and maybe not being so focused on i want it it has to be this like this is the box that I built, this is what I wanted to build, and this is all it's ever going to be
1: well, you know if you're in a business, it might be that you know you're building your product, you yeah. see your vision, but community building while well, some of them turn into businesses or sure. if you're a business, you might be building a community to support what you're doing, but even then it really is listening to your audience. I mean, think about, you know, customer feedback all the time. That's why there are huge call centers with uh, handling customer service, listening to those customers and the, you know, the businesses that succeed are those that adapt.
0: I agree with that wholeheartedly. Let's leave it at that for now. If you want to include any community builders in particular while we're playing a song and you want to call in, 407 646-2915. I haven't done that in a while, so maybe see. Because I think it's good, um, obviously, to ask the community for their community builders. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that then. This is The Sparrow by the Flaming Lips on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. Maria and Kevin Ruiz were on the show way back in June of 2018, episode 95. They are delightful, and they are also the husband and wife team behind the Peruvian pop-up dining experience called Papa Lama, If exploring a culture through food is your thing, you need, you need to try them out. If good food is your thing, you also need to try them out. They have tasting dinners coming up. I think they sell out pretty quickly. I'm gonna say that right now. No, I don't think they do sell out pretty quickly. Get over there, they're at East End Market, they're delightful. Facebook, Papa Lama. Or go to papalama, that's with two L's, dot C-O. Now back to the show. The Flaming Lips on WPRK, Warner Park, Florida. From their, I think, relatively new album, I think it was just a wide-released called King's Mouth. It was an exclusive to uh, Record Store Day earlier this year. That was The Flaming Lips with The Sparrow.
1: It was a good morning song. Yeah,
0: yeah, waking up. Getting getting going. Good morning. My name is Nick. Speaking of getting going, I'm not sure. This is Odd Numbers. I do this every week. Every week I have a very special guest. Best Hour is here. Former WPRK DJ, current host and organizer of Florida BlogCon, which is coming up in September, I think the 7th?
1: September 7th.
0: Is that correct? So Saturday, an all-day event
1: yeah. where you're
0: going to learn a lot about you know a number of different things so what i would encourage you to do is go to uh floridablogcon.com and check out the speaker list yeah. there's some speakers that are very handsome uh i think i fall into that category you i will be do. speaking there you
1: do and you know what actually so nick you know we so for for those listeners not familiar with Florida Blog Con, it's it we build it as a one day gathering of yeah. the state's largest bloggers social media uh, peeps and marketing pros and you can be a novice or just curious about blogging or social media and be a small business owner that needs to do this for marketing or you can be a seasoned pro that has millions of followers we get all types there but we have a variety of speakers and your topic mm-hmm. podcasting and then repurposing that audio yeah my planning team was so excited about not to throw any shade but when you submit it i was like eh, okay Maybe people might be interested in this. They loved it. They're like, Oh, that's a cool topic, definitely. So oh, well, very good. excited about it.
0: Well good. I'm glad I got past you. you I mean <laughs> you're you're you've been doing this for okay. this will be the ninth year. Yes. Right. So you've been looking at topics for years and years, and you're just like, "What is gonna?"
1: And you never. What know. is interesting
0: to me at this point in my career? Well,
1: not just me, but we do a call <laughs> for speakers back in like February, March, and the conference is not until September. And the speed of social media—I mean, we've seen platforms die vine
0: oh while <laughs> I waiting mean, for while waiting yeah. for the
1: conference to get here and so it's kind of <laughs> this guessing game you know like with facebook all of a sudden now they're pushing facebook groups to build your community they've changed what they want for for video now they're really pushing for an organic reach Video is like four minutes or longer and it used to be the shorter the better so things can change before it ever gets here so really sometimes it is a guessing game
0: yeah And I think what's nice about this type of event is you get to meet a lot of people. The social aspect of this is really important because you're meeting people in person. You're finding ways that you might be able to help each other. I met a lot of people last year. I've been going for a few years now. And it's been always very educational. Even if it's something that's not necessarily something I'm doing right now, it might help me with some aspect of something that I am working on. Yeah, yeah, and And it's good to,
1: you know... I'm I'm not an expert in anything, but I know a lot about you know a lot a little about a lot of things. Sure. Uh, simply because I get to sit in on some of those great sessions.
0: Jill of all trades. That's me. Yeah, very nice. Well, let's talk a little bit more about community building. Mm-hmm. And so, one of the ones that I wanted to talk about is a blogger. Um, is one of my favorites. She came on the show very early, and it's funny because I think that sometimes bloggers who have built their communities. Not necessarily by accident, but <laughs>
1: they're all by accident. Give well, me a break.
0: <laughs> to a certain to a certain degree, like just very authentically, yes. right? She's just Organically, like yes. all I've done is go out there and be who I am, and it turns out that people like that was uh, Lindsay from Lemonhearted. So I think a lot of people have followed her. They've seen her on the best of lists for Instagram, most uh, followed or most followable Instagram account, right things of that nature. And by the way, Yes, please follow her. But uh, she was a little surprised when I asked her to come on. And it was, you know, following her to this day and interacting with her here and there is she wants, she doesn't necessarily want to be a celebrity. That's not why she got into it. She really wanted to um, just showcase her skills as a writer, get better as a writer. And I hope I'm not putting words in her mouth. So if she's, if I'm wrong, Lindsay, and you're listening, please give me a call. But from the interview that I did with her, looking back at, at that, this is what I gathered mm-hmm. from that. So, uh, again, I'm, I'm trying to give props to somebody without putting words in her mouth. But she's created a lot of city guides. She's very big on supporting local. Like to the point of she always puts out content. She makes, uh, you know, she doesn't make a huge deal of this, but I know of this of her, that nobody's ever paying her to put out this content. Nobody is paying for her lunch when she writes the review of their restaurant or something along those lines. So
1: you feel like you can trust it.
0: 100%. And she's great at photography, so you know it's engaging in terms of the Mm -hmm. photographs. And it shows in the number of followers that she has. And this is a pretty hyper-local. She's doing some other stuff here in, you know, like uh, I think she went up to Savannah recently, Atlanta, uh, St. Pete, those sorts of things. But it's a fairly hyper-local site, it's only going to apply and really interest people who are either visiting Orlando or live in Orlando. And even if they're visiting, it's going to be people who don't necessarily want to go to the theme parks. They are here for the food. They are here for the drink. They are here for other cultural things of that nature. So she's one of my favorites here in town, and I think that that is um, something that you will also learn from because she does a lot of marketing tips.
1: Well, you know, so you hit something – very important, actually, two things. One was the trust yep. of the community. You have to be able to trust those community builders that they're being authentic, and you can trust what they say and what they do in this world of I hate to say it, but fake news and you know uh, fire festivals and you know stuff like mm-hmm. that it, it's It's a big thing to be able to trust what they say is what they mean. And uh, some community builders are great at conveying that. Um, others, it's a struggle for them because they go back and forth between, well, I have to monetize and, you know, to keep this going. And so it's, it's a fine balance, but it's something that I think the community builders, those who are good at it, never want to betray. They never want to betray the trust of their community. And so that's an important thing. And the other, you mentioned she's hyper-local and to be a, a, a community-based person blog or community that's set around a geographical space. um, Those can be wildly successful, you know, Mm -hmm. bungalow are here in town, Pulp town. So there's several that really leverage that local community. And sometimes those are the most engaged. They may not be the biggest. They may not have 5 million followers, but should they, if they're talking about local events, there's only what, 3 million people here in Orlando. So, but they may have better engagement. People may be looking and hungry for that information more than maybe communities that have those 5 million members. So don't always assume that bigger communities are better.
0: And that you need millions of followers right. to be engaging, to yeah. have good content. Like it doesn't necessarily translate to the number of likes.
1: Yeah, no, it doesn't at all. And
0: and follows and stuff you have. Yeah, my big challenge just to, because I like talking about myself, obviously, if you listen to the show at all, you know, I love talking about (laughs) myself, is, you know, you mentioned the community pages, the group pages. Mm -hmm. So I have a business page on Facebook for to a certain degree. And I'm wondering if, you know, there's enough of a community, there's enough of people, because I've seen other podcasts start those group pages and those community pages, and I participate in many of those. Mm -hmm. And it just takes a lot of effort and a lot of time. It does. And it, I'm wondering if I want to take that step.
1: Yeah, so fr- from, a, from, a, from a business point of view, uh, for those business owners out there trying to build their community or those brands out there trying to build their community uh, of customers, of loyal people that like their stuff. So on Facebook, there are, there are two different types of pages or groups that you can have. One is called the Facebook business page. And that is where you actually create a business page, it has your brand icon at the top, and Mm -hmm. when you post to it, you're posting as your business. Yep, And you can
0: interact too with other people. You can interact with them, and you have
1: people that that like the page, and the advantage to that is when you post something, Facebook, being a business, wants to make money. And one of the ways that they make money is by limiting your reach. You may have a thousand people that like your page, but when you post something... Maybe only 10 or 15 people see that. Again, we talked about how you see stuff. The algorithm the more you engage and things like it. that, yeah. So one of the ways that they make money is, hey, Nick, if you want more people to see that post that you just did, why don't you boost it? Give us a few dollars and we'll show it to more of your fans or we can even target it if you're trying to get new fans. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say you wanted to find uh, grizzly bear hunters in Orlando. It may be a very small subset, but we're going to, Let you You reach them. Yeah, you can can target it. So that's one way as a business owner that you can interact with fans and try and grow your following. The other way, which actually Facebook is now really pushing on their new algorithm, is that you can have a what's called a group. Groups are slightly different. You can still interact as your brand or as yourself, but you can't boost anything in there. So when you post something. It's just posted. You have to hope whoever's in the group sees it. But right now, Facebook is actually showing that post to more of your fans. So they're saying, well, why don't you do both? And actually, Facebook has encouraged both of those. Sure. So what, what what would be some of the, the better uses of them? So um, Follow Me Away is a, is a blogger and brand. She's an influencer. She, uh, I don't know, 200,000 followers on Instagram, maybe more by this time. She's spoken at FL FLblog.com before. So Victoria Yore and Terrence Drysdale are the couple that run it. And they have a Facebook page where they travel to these incredible places. They post about the hotels they've been to. And they want, you know, for the hotels who have paid them to stay there or to promote their brand. They want to make sure people see them. So they probably boost those posts. They also have a very active Facebook group called Follow Me Away and the people who are in there are other travel bloggers for the most part that want to get tips on how to connect with hotels, want to get tips about traveling. Hey, I've never been to uh, Oman. What do I need to know about it? Is it mm. safe to travel there? Cappadocia. Am I allowed to crawl out on the rocks and in the caves to take pictures? Things like that. And hers is one of the most engaging, engaging Facebook pages I've seen, but She's posting in there like five times a day. And so you have to know if you're going to do a Facebook group, it's going to take a different sort of energy than posting the one time on your Facebook page and then boosting it out there. So right. it is a type of, different type of community building. It's going to take some effort to do that. It might be well worth it. In Victoria's case for Follow Me Away, it is well worth it for her. But you have to decide, okay, is that something I'm going to put the energy into? And then what is my goal with it?
0: So I see a lot of people asking and posing questions to their listeners. I follow a lot of podcast ones, yeah. and uh, another one is to start some sort of not necessarily a contest, but um, Chris Crespo, who was in here last week or the week before, mm-hmm. uh, on his for Cinema Crespediso, which is a movie related podcast. He actually challenged people to watch a hundred movies or TV shows this year. So yep. you post it. So Crespo one hundred is the uh, is the hashtag. And you put in, you know, six of a hundred, seven yeah. of a hundred and so on. And so you have to come up with those, but also, and you know, you have to react to other people's posts as well. So you have to be pretty, pretty ready to dedicate some time yeah. to that.
1: And the other thing is on these Facebook groups, general, I mean, you can control the settings. You can make it a secret group where nobody can really see it unless you've invited them to join. You can make it a closed group where people have to request to join. Sure. Um, And you can control as the administrator of the group who composed it Does it mean, you know, moderation approval before that post shows up? Um, One of the more active ones I've seen here locally is Ricky Lee Tasty Chomps. Mm -hmm. So Ricky Lee is a local food blogger. Tastychomps.com is his blog. And he has an Orlando uh, food blogger, not food blogger, Orlando restaurant group. I guess that's the best way to describe it. So Ricky Lee Tasty Chomps, I think it's Orlando restaurant guide. Something like that. Um, and
0: Ricky, if you're listening, Ricky, you can call Colin. in. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, I mean, it's got thousands of members that are all always asking questions. Hey, I need a great, great place for Korean barbecue located between the airport and Disney. So, I mean, you can ask very specific questions like that. And then you'll get like, you know, 40 or 50 people chiming in with a Korean barbecue places. Mm-hmm. So, it's a very active group and it's a great place for people who... Eat in Orlando to connect. So it can be very active. If you get that group built right, you're not going to have to always be the one posting. Maybe other members might start posting as well.
0: And that's really the goal is to create that, you know, critical mass of content and of people who want to be involved in a particular yeah. topic. They have to be motivated about it. They have to be passionate about it. And so if you're finding those people anyway bring them in and create a group. Like I said, I don't know that I'm there yet, but maybe soon Right. if I can figure out a particular topic. Well, let's leave it there for now. I do want to call out uh, LemonHearted is LemonHearted.com. One of the other things I wanted to mention about her was there's a great article she just posted about WISP Orlando. Uh, WISP stands for What Is She Painting? And they are painting stuff around Orlando. I think it was a collection of three artists. And they are uh, creating some really neat things, including a mural in Thornton Park about the uh, women's suffrage movement. So I thought that was really good. So it's, again, not just a food blog. It's not just a dessert blog. It's something a bit more than that. So thank you very much to Lindsay for the work that she does.
1: And I found it. I was totally wrong on the name. So if you're looking for a group of almost 12,000 members to join of other food eaters here in Orlando, Orlando Foodie Forum presented by Tasty Chomps. There you go.
0: uh, Orlando Foodie Forum. Orlando
1: Foodie Forum presented by Tasty Chomps. Orlando
0: Foodie Forum. There you go. Uh, Let's listen to a song, Neutral Milk Hotel. This is Two Headed Boy. You're listening to Odd Numbers on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. There, listening to this podcast, what day is it? The day you went into your podcast provider of choice and subscribed to this podcast and maybe even left a rating or review. I know you hate being asked this as much as I hate asking. It's the podcast equivalent of an NPR silent drive. I will thank you personally, though, if you take the time to do that. I will bestow gifts on you. I will leave an honest, honest rating or review. And I will send you a typewritten letter with a bonus of some kind. Now, back to the show. And a sudden ending to that song, Neutral Milk Hotel with Two-Headed Boy from their 1998 album in the aeroplane over the sea. And it actually says aeroplane. I'm not just saying that as a weird... I thought
1: you were being fancy.
0: Yeah, I am fancy pretty often. Good morning. My name is Nick a.k.a. Senor Fancy, I am here every week and every week I have a very special guest this week, no exception. I like
1: the way you say very on that special guest. I,
0: I honestly, I love everything about what I do here because of the fact that I get to talk to people every week and meet new people sometimes, bring people back who have been here before, like my guest today, Best Hour is here. And our, in case you're looking her up, you want to follow her on any of the social medias, which I encourage you to do, is A-U-E-R. Yeah. S- sounds like our, but it's A-U-E-R. Thank you. Yeah. I wanted to make sure that was out there. But I, I, I'm just so happy that, I, you know, you're taking time out of your busy schedule.
1: But you paid to come me in. extremely well to be up this I,
0: early. Obviously, I paid you to say good things about me. <laughs> that's why i pay you let's keep that in mind bess (laughs) the reason for the season is to tell me how great i am. there we go (laughs) but thank you for being here we're talking about community building if you missed any of the show you can catch it again it'll be in podcast form by next tuesday so t-a-c-d tuesday you have a quick turnaround next tuesday
1: That's still a quick turnaround. Eh, It's not bad. I went on a podcast, uh, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. He's like, "Eh, six to eight weeks. I'm like, "Eh, that sounds about right. Wow. Okay.
0: I mean, if you record early, the thing about being on radio is I feel like this is the freshest it's ever going to be. It's like produce. You're going (laughs) to get it today. You're going to listen to it this morning. You're streaming it on your computer or your phone or you're listening to it on the radio.
1: And I'm completely rotten by next week.
0: You are 100% fermented Ah, by next week even better yeah and so into a full-bodied cabernet (laughs) and if you don't like cabernet I don't know what other type of fermentation process like barrel aged oak whiskey there we go yeah and so it's still just as good but I think that kind of leads into and I'm excited about my topic for Florida BlogCon which is coming up if you want to learn more about it floridablogcon.com or you can look it up on facebook instagram any of the social medias as well if you are a business that's looking to create content if you are a blogger or someone who has uh you know an interest in becoming more active in that format or you've been doing it for a while you can learn a lot of different things at this event and i'd be saying this whether or not I'd be speaking there because I've been uh, for a few years. This Mm -hmm. is the ninth year that you're doing it. And I think it's invaluable to people who are going to be um, able to interact with others and really ask people questions and not just online, but meet them face to face, talk to them in person and learn some of those things. But you know, I I think in, in producing a podcast on a regular basis, one of the challenges is you're always thinking about the next one, right? Uh, So, you know, even during this show, at some point, I'm going to plug the fact of, you know, I've got Debbie Goetz coming up. I've got Matt Petty from WMFE coming up. And so that's all well and good. But what about the content from this or past episodes that still might have some evergreen value to people later on? How can you reuse that content? So that's what I'm going to be talking about at that event, because I think there's some value to that as well. Because, you know, I, I think for interview-based podcast especially you have a lot of little snippets of knowledge and skill and value that you can bring back somehow
1: yeah you know so evergreen content and then repurposing Mm -hmm. that content is you know really one of the golden rules of uh content marketing so you take a, a a podcast or sorry a radio interview and you can you know, get several different types of content out of it. You can get, first of all, the full interview. Mm-hmm. You can have that available on demand. You can do sound bites from it, which I know you're great at doing. And you can take those, and you do this really cool thing that I love. You take a little snippet of it, a little sound bite, and you create it visually because clearly people aren't looking at us right now, but you create a graphic And you might have the voiceover playing and then you have, how do you do that?
0: It's a little sound wave that you can animate. There's a couple of different programs out there that allow you to do that. But basically, you can't just put audio files up on Twitter or Facebook. They have to be video. So when you're coming up with, you know, you have these audio files and I have a ton of them now. For After doing this for three years, I was trying to figure out, okay, how would I put that up as a video on Facebook? And will that engage people? That was my big question is really trying. And
1: so you, you have these little sound bites and of course, they need to be less than a minute long to be on Twitter and an Instagram, Mm -hmm. Instagram TV, different thing. But so you have it that way. Then you can also take the actual quote that somebody says and create just a graphic out of it. And then you could also type up the highlights of the interview in a long form blog post. So there's all these different ways that you can take a single radio interview and repurpose them and then you have content for days Mm -hmm. so it's it's a really great to start with something something first and then say how many times can i repurpose it but the nice thing is that you have this great ability to pick out the sound bites that are of value to your community as long as you're finding stuff that is serving your community and is valuable to community you want to annoy them by posting the same thing 17 different ways right
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, exactly. and you're going to have pe- different people see each different thing because everybody, you know, interacts with content in a different way. Yeah. So one person may be on LinkedIn, one person may be reading Medium, etc. Yeah, et you cetera. know, one of the
1: best pieces of advice I got years ago was from Gustavo Hernando of DeFoodie. He was an early on food blogger here locally and knew much more about social media than I did. And um, I was approached to do a local TV show Uh, about blogging and social media. And I went to him for advice. I'm like, you know, I don't know if I want to do this. you think people, you know, be interested in it? He goes, Bess, you're going to have some people that will never see your blog, but they watch TV. You're going to have some people that never, ever, ever watch TV but might be on Facebook or might be on Twitter. So you want to have a variety of content on a variety of platforms to meet your audience where they naturally
0: are. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Yeah. So if you want to learn more about that, uh, I would definitely encourage you to go take a look at floridablogcon.com and look at the speaker list. The content is up there. The agenda is up there. You know what you're going to get. You know who you're going to see as far as the speakers go and be able to interact with. Uh, so it's And it's a good time. It's just a really positive time and experience for people who are doing this stuff that you can go and get some ideas and inspiration. I think with conferences, you get that you know, that initial bump of enthusiasm and maybe it comes back down afterwards. I think what's nice about this is you're going to be able to actually engage with people and maybe even find some help in terms of being accountable to the goals that you have.
1: We we see that. So we get, we get marketers and bloggers from all walks of life. We have food bloggers that attend. We have travel bloggers. We have uh, local event bloggers. We have... PR people that attend, marketers. We have small business owners that attend. And the nice thing is they live here for the most part. Now, we do have people that travel from all over the state to attend. We have people that come, you know, we had somebody from Europe two years ago come and attend. So we do have people from out of the area. But the nice thing is chances are you might be meeting somebody that you can schedule coffee with next week to continue the conversation or to, to collaborate with. So it's nice. It's one of those conferences where... We'd like to say we have that hyper-local focus, uh, but we still feel like a big-time conference, so it's the best of both worlds.
0: Very nice. Well, let's leave it at that for now. We're at the end of the first hour already. We're going to come back with another hour of community building. We still have to touch on Maker for Orlando, Pachacacha, the College Park Community Paper, and the Downtown Community Paper. Um, Also, we have a pop quiz for you as a native Orlandoan Bess we're going to have a pop quiz for you in the next hour.
1: Now I'm all nervous.
0: Yeah, I know. As a former teacher as well, I thought that (laughs) would really help you too. So let's play a few of the top of the hour messages, and then we're going to come back with some music. Uh, And you're listening to Odd Numbers on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Thank you so much for tuning in. Way back in December on episode 114, Elliot Hillis of Orlando Meets, was on to a certain degree it's a great episode and i would encourage you to not only listen to our chat but check out his podcast called offcuts it's food it's fun it's uncensored check it out on pft media or wherever you subscribe to podcasts now back to the show the toru Azawa quartet on wprk winter park florida that was samba day or few from their 2018 album, Tachibana. I'm hopefully saying any of these things correctly. If I'm not, please let me know, especially if you are the band in question. The music for today is being uh, curated by Miller John of the To Be Decided. If you want to learn more about the To Be Decided, the videos they create, and the uh, music that they like to listen to, go to... The To Be dot com. Good morning. My name is Nick. This is Odd Numbers every week. Very special guest this week. It's Bess, our former WPRK DJ, current curator herself, and the person behind Florida Blog Con, which is what, what we do I curate
1: about. then? People? Speakers? Yeah. yeah. That sounds ominous.
0: You're creating the mixtape of speakers <laughs> oh, for the event. Oh, that sounds better. That okay. Sounds better. Let's do that. I like
1: that. <laughs> DJ Bess.
0: <laughs> Curation does sometimes sound like you're uh,
1: creepy, a little bit <laughs>
0: creepy. I look at the museum and <laughs> this person is here to speak about the Yeah. So I think you have that really good. Uh, FloridaBlogCon.com. It's yes. happening Saturday, September 7th. Uh, it is an all day affair. I would say eight to five, something like that.
1: Uh, this year we are okay, at nine to five.
0: Nine to five. So like you don't Dolly even Martin have to said. get up. Yeah. Just like Dolly Parton said about all conferences, they should be from nine to five. They should be. What a way
1: to to learn about blogging.
0: (laughs) There you go. There's your (laughs) tagline right there. So uh, it's something to check out, but also, you know, the topic that I think that led into for us today, and Odd Numbers is a topic-based show that we do every other week and uh, with my guest, is about building community and community builders here and around town. So a lot of them are going to be represented, I think, at Florida BlogCon. Even though it is a, a statewide event, you're going to have a lot of people from out of town as well. I remember last year I met some people from Georgia, from South Florida, from all over the place in terms yeah, one of what of they doing. One of our
1: speakers this year is from South Florida, uh, Dr. Gail Carson. I mm. believe she's, I hope she's not listening because I might get this wrong. I think she's 76 years old. And uh, has half a million listeners on her weekly podcast. So oh, wow. uh, you're never never too young or too old to build community.
0: And what's the topic that she's going to be speaking about?
1: So she's going to be talking about not podcasting. She is instead going to be talking about getting the media to cover you. So if you hmm. have a product or a service or a brand that you want to get somebody to get media coverage, uh, she's going to show you how to do it.
0: Very nice.
1: Be the buzz.
0: Very nice. So thinking about some other community builders or people who have built communities that you admire, that you look at and go, that was that was an incredible thing that they did. What's another example for you?
1: You know, uh, in the news right now, speaking of being in the news and getting mm-hmm. media coverage, so um, Joshua Johnson and uh, Jeanette Johnson, husband, wife, team, both have spoken at FL Com before. Um, Joshua Johnson's a content creator, incredible photographer and his wife Jeanette is the brains behind Jay's Everyday Fashion which is one of the most followed fashion blogs out there um they have decided to put their photography and Instagram know-how out there for the community in a very very unique way so uh all summer long they have been working on the kind of top secret Downtown Orlando. uh, She kept posting pictures of her, you know, holding a hammer or a sledgehammer and a hard hat and how they were doing, you know, doing something in a physical space, brick and mortar space, downtown Orlando on Church Street and kind of kept it under wraps. It was Mm kind of cool following the journey of what was going to be happening. And they have just opened up, uh, and it's called Wall Crawl and the idea it's a studio space but not your traditional photography studio instead different sections of the wall are decorated in different ways so you might have a section of the wall that's got pinstripes and pink umbrellas you might have another section that's got palm trees another section's got maybe a little miniature hot air balloons going around another one's painted black and white so the idea is you book your studio time And then you go there and you stand in front of the different, I guess, murals. And some are painted by local artists Mm -hmm. and murals. And I think they're going to be rotating out those murals and artists. And uh, you can create some fabulous Instagrams yourself which is kind of a neat thing and they will actually be there. I think Joshua and some other photographers will be there to give advice on your shots, So you kind of get some know-how or you can actually have the experts take the pictures and you know, you, you pay for their shots, but it's very affordable to do uh, So families can do it. Graduating seniors can do it. Uh, bloggers, influencers, brands can go in there and rent out time and space. And so it's kind of a very unique. I don't think I've heard of this anywhere else. Um, and so they have been able to leverage their kind of local media personality into getting a lot of coverage for it. Not only do they have all the influencers talking about it, but it's a really cool concept. But they, you know, had the local news out there covering it mm-hmm. and doing some some little pieces on it. So uh, very exciting to see that happening. So there you have a community building in a very unique way.
0: I think it's interesting because you're seeing more and more businesses that are starting up and creating their physical space or maybe redesigning and redeveloping their current space around a very picturesque location but also a specifically picturesque wall. Right. Within and the one I'm thinking of off the top of my head is Craft in Common mm-hmm. downtown a beautiful wall that they have this uh mural with the plants on it and the the neon light on it and you know, really encouraging people to stop in.
1: I have had a picture right there. I've done a selfie with Alfred Espidal, Yes. Yep.
0: And so what's interesting too is some spaces, and I'm thinking of, I was just over at The Heavy the other day because uh, the person who hosts the show after me, Ashley Ann Gardner and I, uh, she does Orlando Theater Hour. <laughs>
1: And I was going to say for those yeah. not right, the heavy is where Lombardi's used to be.
0: Thank you. Yes. And so now it's a really interesting space with a lot of cool things, especially plants and flowers, uh, but also a lot of tchotchkes and gifts that you might be able to get for other people as well. I don't buy presents for other people. I just buy presents for myself, <laughs> but that's just how I roll. It's a good place to go. But what they are looking at is if they, they have to charge. Mm -hmm. In order to shoot there, whether it's a video and I think photography as well, because otherwise they would just be inundated with people uh, going in there and shooting all the time. Right. And so I don't. So
1: if I want to take a selfie there, do I have
0: to pay? I think a selfie is is fine. I think if you were going to do like a a professional photo shoot, you are getting some photos taken for your headshots. You are getting you are going to do a quick video for your whatever your Mm -hmm. blog or something like that yeah I think that sort of thing well, you
1: know that is an interesting idea, so I'm thinking of the different businesses, for example, like on target uh marketing mm. who a uh, fabulous place there in maitland um Tom gelnick does uh, you know full full digital and content marketing for different companies, and his space has been designed to where every inch of it is instagram worthy i mean it's amazingly beautiful and he he kind of d- he even has a you know a resident uh, kind of artist on his staff, writer and artist and kind of designs everything visually for him. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking at the time, well, that's weird. <laughs> but it it's actually genius because he has a space now that he brings in for monthly meetups, coffee and content, you and I both spoken at it and he's offered now cocktails and content. So a nightly meetup. Um, but it really think about if you're an employee there. If you work for on Target, when you walk into this space that is visually inviting, it makes you want to be there. And so I think you know, especially in this tight job market, do we call it a tight job market right now if there's not many jobs available? Sure, is that we're going to go with yeah. that. The Economist to me makes that sound mm-hmm. right. Um, you know, you are competing for people, so you need to create a space that's inviting for them, but also Instagram worthy, and fortunately, that is the world that we live in.
0: Yeah, whether or not you, you think that's a value, that is exactly uh, what is going to help right. bring business and ultimately craft in common and on target. You know They're doing that because they want pictures taken there. They want them tagged. They want people to realize that they know what they're doing when it comes to that stuff.
1: And it's organic marketing that you didn't have to pay for yeah. except for the paint.
0: Yeah, exactly. And all you're doing is really making your space even more good looking. Yeah okay that that doesn't seem to be that much of a problem yeah. yeah uh so let's leave it at that for now on that topic we're going to come back and talk more about a few other things let's listen to another song this is going to be desuke tubari with 243 2 colon 43 i don't know if it's two minutes and 43 seconds long maybe it is we'll find out on on numbers on wprk winter park florida thank you so much you have a social media account of some kind you have a brand you're trying to establish you're thinking to yourself how can i get some affordable and stylish props to use to help tell my story that's where brand knuckles comes in through the magic of 3d printing brand knuckles uses all of the dimensions to create a piece you can use as a giveaway to customers as a way to brand your images and many other applications Go to Instagram.com slash brand knuckles to learn more. And now back to the show. is okay. Tobari on WPRK winter park, Florida. You're listening to odd numbers. That was two forty three. Good morning. My name is Nick. I'm here every week. Every week I have a very special guest. Bess hour is here. Good morning, Bess. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. If you missed any of the show, you want to hear more about building community, blogging, Florida blog con, other topics, you can subscribe wherever you subscribe to podcasts. It's called to a certain degree. You can also, um, well, yeah, that's pretty much the only way <laughs> go to the website, I guess, to a certain and you can, uh, find out all the shows that have been on. Um, every week, I talk to somebody local who's doing something neat in the community and, um, Yeah. I'm really bad at promoting myself, apparently.
1: We need to fix that.
0: Yeah, we should work on that. So I wanted to talk, our topic today is community building and uh, people who build community. So this is a story of how I met somebody and actually started working for them in, I feel like, building community through another community builder. So Ryan Revis of Borough Press. Mm -hmm. I met him a while back and I had him on the show. He's been on a couple of times most recently recently. On and Odd Numbers, and we did literary crimes, which was a lot of fun if you want to listen to that episode. But he reached out to me and he said, hey, I know... Wait, the- wait, wait,
1: wait, let's Let's, let's oh, clarify literary yeah. crimes. Are these novels that have been written so poorly that they should not have been published?
0: That's a good point. Thank you for clarifying. They are not... Uh, it was not exclusively about the Twilight series. <laughs> so thank you for that clarification. I'm just kidding. I've never read the Twilight <laughs> series. I don't know what it's like should have probably gone with Fifty Shades of Grey. Either way, um, which is related to the Twilight series.
1: Which implies that you have actually read that.
0: I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, it is crimes in literature. Gotcha. So Sherlock Holmes and this ilk of that nature. Is that how you say that? Uh, so he introduced me. And Borough Press, if you, if you don't know, is, a, is the only, I think, one of the only literary presses... In the southeast, I think the only one in Orlando, uh, but they do some great work. They're coming they out do. with um, Susan Lily's book just came out, and she is the poet laureate of Orlando. And so, something you might want to look at is a subscription, either for yourself or as a gift.
1: Yeah, and they really have an interesting model—the fact that they do subscriptions. Yeah, so to four their books publish. a
0: year, yep. um, relatively. I think it's sixty dollars. Mm-hmm. And so as a gift to get those four books in the mail is, is really fantastic. So if you want to get me that, you, no, I'm just kidding. I already have a subscription. <laughs> uh, but he introduced me to Debbie Getz, who has been running the uh, College Park Community Paper for a number of years. She bought it a few years ago. She was a realtor and said, well, this might be a good idea for me to buy into this. I already advertise in it. And what's neat about her is, you know, she was looking for a business and ended up building this great community within College Park. That's their monthly newspaper. It gets mailed to people, which almost never happens anymore. So if you talk about, you know, there's obviously been a shift in how people consume media over the last 20, 30 years, but getting something in the mail and having it be local and having it, you know, that that artifact in your hands, I think is still valuable. I always liked magazines. I always liked, you know, kind of opening them and looking at them and the smell of newspaper. Um, so a couple of years ago, she started the downtown community paper for downtown Orlando. And he, Ryan reached out to me and said, hey, Debbie's looking for some writers. So I said, oh, okay, you know, it might be fun to do. It's um, something else. I, I've interviewed all these people. Maybe I could just, you know, sort of uh, integrate some of the content that I already have into doing this. And that was my first article was about Kiss. Chris Castro of uh, the city City of Orlando. Orlando. Yeah. All the green initiatives uh, he's working on, but you know, I use mostly the interview that I do with him. And so it's been great. I just had um, another cover story published about the beers of Orlando
1: Oh, nice.
0: Yeah, so it wasn't just about, so we obviously have a million and one wonderful local breweries. I was
1: going to say, it's so cool.
0: Oh, my gosh. Uh, But what I did was I wrote it about the uh, beers that are named after Orlando or from some historical aspect of Orlando or something along those lines. Do you
1: happen to have a favorite one, a favorite beer that you've tried recently?
0: Uh, you know, I'm always a fan of, and this is kind of, this was one that didn't quite make the cut. So I'll, I'll focus on this one Hourglass Brewing.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, which has its main brewery in Longwood, but just opened one on Curry Ford West.
1: Okay. In
0: the uh, quote unquote Hourglass district. But yes, it's also. And it irritates me. Curry Ford West.
1: I had no idea why that was called Hourglass until uh, a friend said, well, you have to look at a map and yeah. the legs are shaped an Hourglass. And I thought, who the heck named it that?
0: Yeah, it's, um, it, it is what it is. Oh, I know. Uh, but the, the fact that Hourglass Brewing is right there is great because they're very good. So if you think about it in terms of beers named after Orlando residents, there aren't many. I have Except one named after
1: me? You're telling me this? Yes, that okay. is
0: the best hour, the hour ale.
1: hourglass, it was named after me. <laughs> I see where you're going with this.
0: Yes, that's exactly. No, <laughs> they have one of my favorite IPAs. It's called Two Million uh, Bees and Some Hops because they make it with honey. They make it with local honey.
1: Very neat. So I'm
0: like, those two million bees are Orlando and Central Florida residents, as far as I'm concerned.
1: They are. They so, take a bare space, definitely. Yeah.
0: So that is a local beer in the sense that it's named after, <laughs> and it's using local residents to create the beer. So Literally, I very strongly about that. So, like um, Ellipsis Brewing has one called Milk District, which has some lactose in Another it. Another
1: one it. of those names that irritates me as well. See, th- this is why it irritates me. So, all my friends that you know, I people like, oh, nobody's actually from Orlando. I'm like, well, I am, and a lot of my sure. friends that still live here, we all grew up here, and. <laughs> somehow life passed us by and suddenly we started hearing about this milk district and we're like Where? Where? You mean colonial? Nobody calls it the milk district. I mean it was it was one of those things that it was new to us, therefore it irritated us that everybody else seemed <laughs> to knew, know and the people that grew up here didn't know where that was. So I that's see. why it's a little sticky. So point
0: you're in me. feeling left out a little I bit. I
1: am feeling my feelings are hurt.
0: Okay. So we're going to run all new ideas past Bess. There we go. Okay. That seems reasonable. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. So let's segue then into Orlando. You've been here your entire life. Yes. Third generation?
1: Uh, Fourth generation live here. Third generation born here. Okay.
0: Okay. And so you know a lot about Orlando.
1: (laughs) You might think, but clearly I don't since I didn't know where the milk district was.
0: Well, let's go into more historical terms. So every week um, uh, I've stopped doing the quizzes myself because I have a wonderful quiz master. They can come in and do it. Simon Time of Simon Time Trivia. He does trivia around town seven nights a week. It's his full-time gig. So he knows trivia.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah. And so if you want to look him up, Simon Time Trivia on Facebook. And, um, but he's got some questions for you. I oh, know. Yeah. My palms so, are sweaty. Get all five right. We become Mom's best friends. Spaghetti. Okay. One or fewer, which would be zero if you're not good at math. Okay. We become bitter enemies. Okay. So I actively try to sabotage you over the course of the next just a week. All right. <laughs> I won't continue that. Maybe through Florida Blanc right. All right. Because that could be really funny. Got it. Or terrible. So are you ready for your questions?
1: Uh, no, but. Bring him on.
0: Simon, take it away.
2: Hey, hey, Nick. It's Simon time, and I've got five questions based around Orlando. For you and Miss Bess, we are doing something different in that they are all true or false questions to see how well you know the city beautiful. Let's begin. Question number one, true or false, Orlando is home to more than 1,000 lakes.
0: Now, you're a swim mom. You married a swimmer. And you had a swim-related uh, channel out there. Yes. So you should know about lakes.
1: Well, they do have what's called open water swimming. Mm-hmm. In the Olympics, it's an Olympic event. Yep. And many of the pool swimmers also swim open water. They have a, a 5K. They have a, a marathon swim now. Can you imagine swimming for two hours nonstop? They Actually, it's really cool. They The coaches stand on the end of a dock or in a boat, and they have this long stick... all right. so you know at NASCAR when they drive into the pit and you see the big flags hanging out over there? Yeah, so you know where to stop. Yep, so they have that. So they have the big sticks or the big long poles with a a drink on the end of it that the swimmers just grab as they go by. They flip over on their back, then they throw it away and continue swimming. Wow. Yeah, so you would think I would know this. I'm going to go with yes. It sounds like a lot of lakes, but there's a lot of little ponds out there and things like that. So it depends on your definition of lake. Like if it's a true like Lake Maitland, body of water, or or if you know some of those little.
0: So you we're know, not talking retention ponds. We're talking lakes. Lakes. So true or false?
1: I don't think. A thousand. I don't
2: think a thousand. I think okay. that's too many.
0: So you're saying false? I'm false.
2: The answer? That is false. Orlando is home to more than 100 lakes.
0: So true lakes, I think, there is what we're looking for. So Right. Okay.
2: But if you counted
1: the retention ponds, I think it would have sure, been true. Sure,
0: as we all count mm-hmm. sometimes.
1: Well, real
2: estate agents do.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Okay, ready? You're one know so far. Nice job.
2: Number two, true or false? Lake Eola is actually a giant sinkhole. Its deepest point is 80 feet.
0: Mm. Hmm. Yeah, Mm. that's false. Sinkhole, its deepest point is 80 feet. That's false. No, you don't think so?
1: false. I don't think it's real. I don't think that was ever a sinkhole. All right, ready? No, no.
2: That is true. Ah. Yes, indeed. True, true, true.
0: <laughs> All right. One and one. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I uh, thought it was some sort of man-made thing. Well, but, uh, you know, I
2: knew it was
1: originally a lake, but I thought it had been like, yeah, I thought more man-made added into it. I didn't yeah. think it was ever that deep.
0: At some point, it's 80 feet. So, so people
1: are taking their lives into their own hands when they go out in those swan boats. I've always if felt that way. If one were to capsize and the Coast Guard could not reach them in time. And they did not have any swimming skills. So I'm, I'm, I'm worried now.
0: Okay. I think that could be said of any lake anywhere. Okay, great. All right, ready? One and one.
2: Question number three. The first highway in Central Florida was Colonial Drive, which was originally paved brick.
0: Colonial Drive. Was that the first highway in Central Florida?
1: So, I'm trying to figure out his definition of highway versus regular road. Right.
0: Okay. So, the idea is that it is a, you know, it's not necessarily like an I-4. No. It doesn't have to be. It's not
1: an interstate. Right. But, you know, Orange Avenue was a main street. Man, these are tough questions, Nick.
0: Yeah. No, I don't go easy on my guests.
1: Um. Sure, I'm going to go with true. True, okay. That sounds specific enough.
2: That answer is true. Yes, indeed. The first highway in Central Florida was Colonial Drive. I like
0: how he definitely has this little sense of drama and that pause. Yes, it it makes me very 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 nervous. So you're out of bitter enemy (sighs) territory. So nice job on that. So you have two right, one wrong, two more to go.
2: Okay. Number four. The tallest building in Orlando is the Wells Fargo Center at four hundred and forty one feet.
1: Which one is the Wells Fargo? Is that the old Sun Sun uh Trust building? I don't know which is which.
0: <laughs> so there's still a Sun Trust okay. building. Right. So that hasn't changed. Are are you familiar with a Wells Fargo building? No, in downtown I don't know Orlando? which one it is. Okay.
1: Okay, so you're not gonna help me at all here. All Absolutely
0: right. not. <laughs> I mean, I just tried to, but that was it.
1: So I remember growing up when the CNA building was the tallest building. Yep. And my grandfather uh, had a law office downtown. And his, his, I don't know which building he was in, but he was on the sixth floor. And I remember sitting downtown Orlando watching one of the, the parades from his office building oh, nice. overlooking Orange Avenue. And I remember thinking, I felt like I was on top of the world. So what, six stories is like 60 feet, and he's saying 400-something feet? 400-something <laughs>
0: feet, yeah.
1: Um, I actually am going to stick with my SunTrust answer, so I'm going to say false. False. Especially since I don't know which Wells Fargo thing is. Perfect.
2: That is false. Yes. It is the SunTrust Center that is Orlando's tallest building.
0: Yeah, I don't even know if there's a Wells Fargo building downtown. Oh,
1: good. So I don't feel quite so dumb. (laughs) (laughs) All
0: right, last question. All right. You got three right, one wrong. If you get one more right, I think we're not going to be quite best friends, but we'll elevate our friendship a little bit.
2: Okay. And our final question, true or false? The major motion picture, Lethal Weapon 3, featured... The demolition of orlando's old city hall in its opening scene absolutely true mm. that is true yes indeed <laughs> those were your five true or false questions about orlando thanks nick
1: you know it was always fun when they filmed something here so you had that scene you had steve martin's parenthood do you remember that Oh, movie? they did a little bit oh, here. That yeah. That was a big deal. I remember they rented out one of a uh, so I went to one Park High School and one of one of our friends, they rented out his house to be the main house where the birthday party was and it was always so much fun. And I was so sad when filmmaking kind of left the state. Mm-hmm. And I'm thrilled to see that it's coming back. You know, they're filming parts of, so National Geographic is doing a new The Right Stuff series.
0: Yeah, they'll be and filming some of that. Here.
1: actually, I just saw yesterday where they were doing some filming in historic the historic part of downtown Sanford. So mm-hmm. I love that it's back. I think it's only positive for the state.
0: I agree. My only claim to fame as far as filming locally was Days of Thunder back in the 80s. Were
1: you in that?
0: I was not. And they filmed very little of it in uh, Daytona. Right even though I think two of the big scenes are Are, based in Daytona. Of course, that's how it happens. (laughs) But the bedroom, uh, the hotel scene with Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman was not even a soundstage. It was basically in a warehouse they had built. So I got to sit on the bed, which wasn't soft, by the way. It wasn't a mattress. (laughs) It was basically just made to look like a bed. It was a frame like that. So that was, uh, thank you. So yeah. four and one on trivia. Are Very still, nice job. We're still friends? We're even better friends oh, than we were before.
1: I like that. Hey, speaking of, so speaking of movies, films here recently... Um. So the WWE produced Fighting With My Family. Yeah. Have you seen that? I haven't. It is one of my favorite movies. Is it good? It is good, and I'm not a wrestling fan. It was just a delightful movie, but parts of it are supposed to take place in Orlando, and they have the scene where they're driving down I-4. You can see the buildings. You're like, I see that. But then suddenly they have them, you know, working out at the beach in the morning, and I'm like, we're not that close to the beach. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they kind of ruined nice. it then.
0: Well, Simon Time, I actually want to get him on the show to tell this story, but he's actually a former wrestler himself. And so, yeah. So if you want to go up and put him in a headlock at any of his shows, feel free to do that. He does.
1: Simon, if you have not yet seen fight with my family, it's it's a good one.
0: Go check that out. Yeah. Uh, So Simon Time, Simon Time Trivia Show. uh, You can also hear him on PFT Media. He does a podcast as well, a trivia podcast. Uh, And then Simon Time Trivia on the Facebook. Let's take a break. And we will come back with best hour. Now that we're better friends, we got to talk about that, what that means, uh, how much I'm following her around, how often I have to post about her, that sort of thing. Let's listen to Cage the Elephant with Spiderhead, because that seems appropriate on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to Odd Numbers. This episode was recorded live on August 5th, 2019 on WPRK 91.5 FM you will hear things on WPRK that you won't hear anywhere else. There's always something interesting happening, so listen early and often. The To Be Decided is a YouTube channel, or is it more than that? I vote for more. Miller and Davis are partway through their fourth season, but the videos are standalone and cover many topics, such as obscure Japanese bands from the late 1990s, Ranking albums by a band called King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Where else are you gonna get that? Get to your computer, and then get over to get your computer over to. How about you type into your browser, youtubecom slash the to be decided for more. Now back to the show. Cage the elephant with Spiderhead on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to Odd Numbers. My name is Nick. Only a few minutes left for the show. Uh, I do this from 7 to 9 every week. Every week, I have somebody who's doing something neat in the Orlando area. That can be a maker. That could be an artist. That could be a community organizer, an event organizer, as is the case this week. I think I have... All of those things in one with Bess Hour. Good morning, Bess.
1: Good morning. Thanks for having me. Of
0: course, of course. And I'm looking forward to uh, Florida BlogCon, which is coming up on September 7th, floridablogcon.com for more information. And I would encourage you to go look at these speakers, if it might help you, your business, your blogging that you might be doing out there somewhere, or you might be thinking about doing as well. Um, Whether you're doing this a lot or you're just starting out, I think it's a good idea to go to something like this. Um, And it's got people from all over, including myself. And so uh, in that vein, we're talking about community building here in Central Florida. And, you know, there's there's not enough time in two hours to talk about all the people this and what they're doing. This flew by. I mean, maybe yeah. for your
1: listeners it crawled by, but for me it
0: flew by. It, fl- I think it flows by because I'm a joy to talk to. You are. So I'm wondering if I'm a joy to listen to. Huh. I'll work on that, on mm-hmm. finding out about that. But uh, I still have a few people on my list that I'd like to just do a mm-hmm. quick call out to. But who do you have uh, maybe you were thinking of that's doing something good in the community or doing good in community building?
1: Yeah, so I, uh, gosh, I had a I had a list of people that I wanted to mention from <laughs> Lou Mangiello, who does WDW Radio. He mm-hmm. was a, a New York attorney that couldn't stand billable hours, and so he gave up his practice, moved his family to Orlando, bought an annual pass to Disney, and started podcasting and live streaming. And now he says he makes a much better living financially doing that than he ever did as an attorney believe it or not, wow. and spends every day at the happiest place on earth. And he did it through building that community organically, talking with his fans, talking with his listeners, interacting with them. So www.radio.com, that's Lou Mangiello. Um I talked about Jen of Dejanit, Jay and Jay for the Orlando Wall Crawl, Tasty Chomps, um, Follow Me Away. Autism at the parks was one that I wanted to kind of kinda mention briefly just because Uh, Maureen is a blogger and she blogs, literally it's autismattheparks.com. And she's a great example of a cause blogger, somebody that blogs about a specific cause. Mm. And in this case, she has uh, a child with autism and she lives in Orlando wanting to go to the parks. And uh, those who have children with special needs or family members with special needs realize it can sometimes be hard to navigate crowded places And so she wished somebody had been there to kind of help give her some tips and some guides. And since there wasn't, she became that person to create that and share that. And so it's a very specific uh, topic, very specific niche, very specific audience. But boy, is it an active audience? You know, people are coming to her and she's a great resource for them. And so... I guess my, my biggest takeaway for any listeners is, you know, serve the community you're trying to build, you know, give to them far more than you ever expect to receive back from them. Yeah. If you do that, uh, the amount you will receive back will be tenfold that you have to be willing to give and serve what they need.
0: I think that one of the things, and I think this kind of builds on that, that I see in community builders that I really like, that I really connect with is mm-hmm. how humble they are how they almost don't want to take credit in some cases. And so a few of the people who came up on that list for me are people like Mark Freed from Think Creative. So they just closed out. They do this every year. They do a lot of things uh, within the community, uh, community service as an organization. But one of the fun ones that I really like uh, is their Thinkathon. So they basically take 26 hours, 26.2 hours. And overnight, the whole nine yards... And they have an application process that just closed. Um so the next Thinkathon will be August fifteenth. They haven't announced who it's for yet. But they identify a nonprofit here in town and everyone applies and they choose one and they work on that for twenty six point two hours. So, so they are,
1: donate their brains. They
0: donate their brains. It's you know, if you talk about, you know, the investment that they're making based on that. The entire organization, Think Creative, gets together and does this. So you're looking at essentially a $50,000 donation of in-kind time.
1: That is amazing.
0: And so they've worked with, in the past, United Against Poverty. Uh, Lighthouse Central Florida is another one. So we'll see what they come up with for uh, this August 15th. I think they'll announce it this week or maybe early next in terms of who they're going to be working with. Uh, The application process just closed up and I think they had 35 or 36 applicants, Mm -hmm. nonprofits that wanted to work with them. And what that really tells me too is there's probably some room for other organizations or individuals if they want to work with a nonprofit and come up with some ideas uh, that that's out there. So that kind of community building I think also is, you know, I don't I knowing Mark and having interviewed him, he came in a couple of years ago and I, I got to know him a little bit better and really admire what he does, with the exception of the stuff that he does on the fitness side. Mm-hmm. He does the, you know, the Iron Man stuff and all that. I can't get behind that. <laughs> Mark, if you're listening, I apologize. That's just not good for anyone to see you doing that and to realize how out of shape, horribly out of shape I am. So As a reminder, I think you should stop posting about that altogether. (laughs) But uh, seeing what he does and how he feels about the community, the work that he does and how, you know, again, he's very humble about it. It's Mm -hmm. not about him. It's about the organizations. It's about the people that he works with that Think. It's about the nonprofit that he's helping out. And so I, I really admire him about that. But I think more than that, too, what's interesting to me is he's not doing that for business reasons, but it does help his business. right like there are altruistic things that you can do that don't necessarily have to be about promoting your brand or promoting oh, sure. your business that can be good for Social
1: enterprise, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, another person uh, you and I, I think, both know, Eddie Sullivan mm-hmm. of Pachakacha Orlando. Um, you know, I think I, I made the, and, and I'm probably not the first person to do this, but I think the way I described it when I had him on the show was that he's creating mixtapes for Orlando and love letters for Orlando.
1: So you said the same thing about me. Now I'm a little offended.
0: I don't think you should be. I think everybody (laughs) can do it. Instead of using the word curated, you're just using mixtapes.
1: Now, Eddie is amazing. Um, For those of you who are not familiar with Cha. it's held, I think, twice a year. Three times. Three times a year. And uh, Eddie curates. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, different speakers on a, a, on a given topic, and they're always so interesting. One of my favorites was a uh, Valentine's Day one where the topic was love, but all the different forms of love comes in, including uh, robot love. So, I mean, just really intellectual, inspiring motivation, deep thinking, cause you to turn around and look at yourself type talks. And again, the Pachakacha is a format where you have 20 slides for 20 seconds. So the whole per slide per slide. Yep. And the whole presentation from each person takes, what, six minutes and 40 seconds? That's correct. And so it's just this little power punch of a presentation. And you presented.
0: Yeah, I did last year. So the next one coming up, I think, is November 8th. Mm -hmm. Um, That'll be coming up at the Dr. Phillips Center. So that's another thing. It's a really nice venue. It's a great event. And, uh, yeah, I did the November one last year. It was a lot of fun. Very harrowing. I wrote a little bit about it, the experience itself on my blog Mm -hmm. because it was, I I think, worth talking about afterwards. And it's it's a challenge even if you know that you can speak in front of people, even if you have that self-confidence because obviously that's something a lot of people are fearful of for very whatever reasons. You just speaking in front of people, I think, besides death is probably the top two fears of people in general. But even if you think you're good at it and you can get up in front of any size audience and speak on a topic, that format is an equalizer. That brings everybody back down to the same level, whether you're, you've you been speaking in front of people for 20 years or you've never done one of those before.
1: Because the slides auto-advance, so you have to know you have your no stuff choice. and keep up.
0: Yeah, you have no <laughs> choice. It is that 20 seconds can be super fast or two years off your life. <laughs> yeah, it was really a lot of fun. But Eddie does that out of the kindness of his heart um, he does that for no personal profit of his own. Yeah. Um, and you
1: know, another, another favorite presentation, somebody that I wanted to mention, in fact, I'm wearing their shirt is Mark Middleton has oh, also yeah. spoken. So Mark Middleton, for those of you like me that grew up here, you remember Mark Middleton as the sports anchor on West Channel two. And he no longer is at West. Instead, he is the co-brains behind, uh, a a phenomenal community, growing bolder—not mm-hmm. growing older, but growing bolder. You can find all their stuff at GrowingBolder.com, and he's on a mission to rebrand aging. You know, uh, when we when people are typecast are typecast as grandmothers, they're all these withering gray-haired grannies that can't get around. And he said, "That's not what grandmothers are like. Grandmothers are running marathons. Grandmothers are climbing Mount Everest." And so. Uh, He's rebranding aging in such a positive way. So it's an amazing community that he's building. So uh, he was one of these that also gave a great Pachacacha speech.
0: Very nice. And the last ones I want to bring up, it's actually the day after the next Pachacacha is maker for Orlando. Um, These are two people I know take or want very little of the spotlight, but Ian and Candy Cole. Husband and wife, I got to meet Candy through my time here at Rollins College. I did my MBA, and she was in my class there. Uh, Ian, actually, I traveled with as part of that MBA program. Where did you go? uh, We went to Prague, as a matter of fact. So Ian and I had a little adventure where we went to the makerspace in Prague. Oh, cool. Um, And, you know, it was a fairly dangerous nighttime escapade where we almost got electrocuted and may or may not have held spent uranium in our hands. (laughs) But having said all that, you know, Ian and Candy, I think I would have met regardless because of their involvement in the maker community here Mm -hmm. in town. And of course their involvement in Maker Faire Orlando. So
1: for your listeners not familiar with what a Maker Faire is,
0: it's uh, a really amazing event where you have um, all sorts of artists all sorts of inventors, tinkerers, anything you can think of uh, can apply for space for free as long as you're not selling something. And it's at the Central Florida Fairgrounds. At first, it started, uh, some people might remember it starting out at the Orlando Science Center. Mm-hmm. It outgrew that space because people wanted, uh, there wanted to be more makers there and they wanted more days. So it became a full fledged fair, which means it's two days, it's Saturday and Sunday. It's very cost effective to get in. They're hands on. You bring events. your whole
1: family to see oh, really yeah. cool stuff.
0: Yeah, and there's uh, all sorts of stuff. Uh, so it's not like a a pop up event that you might think of, like uh, the Deland Indie Market or the flu- the Orlando Flea that Mark Baratelli does downtown or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. It's really about connecting with the maker, figuring out what they're doing. And then uh, seeing if that's might be something you might be interested in. So it's a two-day event that does that. It's also, I think, outside of BattleBots, it's going to be the biggest robot combat event in the United States. I have nice. to check on that to make sure. But combat robots, what could be better than that? But again, Ian and Candy Cole do a fantastic job <laughs> With a lot of other people, it's a collaborative effort, but really are the ones behind all that. So I want to give them props as well. So let's get up on out of here. Speaking right. of community building, Orlando Theater Hour is coming up. Their guest today is Nicole Dupre, who's going to be talking about an upcoming show that the uh, Opera Del Sol has. That's the Mikado coming up, I think, in the next week or so. And so, uh, best, let's shake hands on air because I think that makes for good... <sighs> Radio. visual content. Yes. Very nice. And uh, so once again, Florida Blog Con yep. is coming up September 7th from nine to five. Feel free to go to floridablogcon.com and yep. see the speakers, see the agenda, see everything that you need to know and get some tickets
1: Yeah. for that.
0: Anything else you want to throw out there?
1: Uh, no, just uh, thanks for having me on today. This yeah, of course. two hours flew by. You always do such a great job. I'm and... so good
0: at everything.
1: But you know, you're one of those community connectors, which I love.
0: Yes. I so. don't actually build anything, I just connect <laughs> the people that do.
1: But that's equally important though. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have oh, to connect yeah. the right people with the right community so it's great.
0: I'm just terrible at building things. No, I, I think don't we've think all so. established that. If you've <laughs> seen anything I've ever built, you would know that. Uh, let's play a song to get us out of here. This is Fishman's That Girl Sleeps, which is probably what you're going to be doing after you get home after this. <laughs> you've been listening to Odd Numbers on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. Thank you so much. And that's the show. Thanks for listening to Odd Numbers episode 23. Where do you go from here? Florida BlogCon happens in early September. Also, visit to a certaindegree.com. That's toa certaindegree.com. Thanks for listening. I'll miss our little talks.